Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, and we'll start reading at verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the day, uh, days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he shall be he which shall be on the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night, night is a time of darkness, a time of great apostasy. In that night there shall be two men in one bed, one shall be taken, and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Two men shall be in the field, the one shall be taken, and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. It's an interesting passage. We are living in the days before the rapture of the church. And there's a time coming, isn't there, when we will be taken away from this uh, terrible thing. We are living in the days before the rapture of the church. And then will come the time spoken of in this passage. We've been reading that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. You know, it's already building up. We can see it's getting worse and getting worse. The time in which Noah lived was a day of great evil, as it was in the day of Lot. Time of great evil, the time of great tribulation and judgment from God is coming. When he will pour out his wrath upon man, God will pour out his wrath during that great tribulation period. There's only three times when God has poured out his wrath. <clears throat> the flood was when God poured out his wrath upon this world. And the other time was at Calvary. God poured out his wrath on his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He bore the wrath of God for you and for me. And because we because he bore that wrath, when we come in simple faith and accept that sacrifice, then the wrath of God, which lay, is lying on each one of us, the wrath of God abides on us until we come into the family of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son hath not life, and the wrath of God abides upon him. Every friend of yours and mine who has not accepted Christ as their Savior, the wrath of God lies upon them. And if they don't accept the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ suffered and bled and accepted the wrath of God being poured out upon him on their behalf, it still lies upon them. The passenger, the passage there we read doesn't refer to the rapture. It refers to the time after that when the church is taken out. Many will be destroyed throughout the great tribulation. But the second advent, the eventual battle of Armageddon, likewise many will be taken away, taken away. And we could read the descriptions in Revelation, but we just don't have time to do it. The time when the the battle will be so vicious and so many people will be uh, killed. At the rapture, Christ comes to the air for his saints. At the second advent, he returns to the earth with his saints to execute judgment. And so it is, as all this refers us back to the days of Noah. This is all referring, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the last days. So let's look back and see what it was like in the days of Noah. And that will give us some inkling as to what is going to happen in the future. And is even starting to happen even now. The generations of Noah. Yes, I found this the other night. I'd had it at home and I, I thought it was interesting just by the way. Noah. The genealogy of Noah. Uh, this was... Cain's genealogy and this was Seth's genealogy going down as far as Enoch. Then after Enoch we had Methuselah and then we had uh, uh, Noah, uh, Lamech and then Noah. Uh, but the genealogy of Noah, it's interesting just purely as a matter of interest to see who was alive when different people, and it's not very clear I'm afraid. Adam was created at the start, lived for 930 years and he died obviously in 930. Seth was born, died in 104-2. Then we have Enosh and Kenan, and then we have all the different sons, and down as far as Enoch. And if you look down to Methuselah, whose name meant, his name, anybody know what it meant? When he dies, it shall come to pass. The deluge was going to come when Methuselah died. Imagine being called that. When you die, God's judgment is going to come. I'm sure they kept their eye on him. You know, he's still alive, so we're all right for another year or two, you know. Uh, and he died. He lived till 969 years, I think it was, wasn't it? He's the longest man that ever lived. Put this up just to see who was alive when. You see, when Adam, before Adam died, look at all the people that were still, who would have known Adam if they had lived anywhere near him, or Methuselah. Methuselah would have, could have known Adam. It's quite interesting, isn't it? You know, the different people that could have known each other. Adam was still alive when Methuselah was born. You know, Adam had still about another 360 or 50 years to, to go uh, while, while uh, just when Methuselah was born. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. You can have a look at it afterwards if you can if you want to.
but I just thought I'd put it up uh, purely as uh, something of interest. But in any case, the generations from Noah, from Adam to Noah, was 2,000 years. Well, what was the world like in the days leading up to Noah's time, and what what was it what was it like uh, when Enoch was alive, for instance? Let's have a look and see if we can learn something about that this morning. God saw, if you go back to Genesis, go back to Genesis chapter 6. <coughs> God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And you know, that about sums it up. If you read Genesis chapter 6, you realize that man and the world in which they lived at that particular time, things were very serious and very bad. And it says, it repented the Lord that he had made man upon the earth. What a very sad verse, isn't it? God had made a creation, and it says in Genesis, and it was good, and it was good, and it was very good. And yet here we read, God repented, that it repented that the Lord, he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. God's heart was grieved when he looked out on the way things had happened, the way his creation had turned about. He was grieved. That didn't mean that God wasn't a man that he had to repent. It's a difficult verse, that. But he, it repented. God doesn't repent. He's not a man, it says in Samuel, I think, that, you know, <clears throat> there's a word, anthropomorphism, which is, metaphorically speaking, and giving God human attributes, like hands and feet and hearts. There's also anthropomorphism propopathism, which is giving God feelings, emotions like humans. For us to understand God, we have to, to, to try and grasp. Oh, and the only way we can do it is by putting human emotions to God. God has emotions. And that's the way we can picture God. God cannot morally provide, as long as man remains in sin, man is under judgment. That's, that's a fact, and God cannot change that. He's morally bound to judge man because man has sinned. But if man changes and repents and comes into that living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then God graciously applies mercy 
And that judgment is passed onto his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God doesn't change his mind, but because man has repented of his sin, then God can justly apply mercy and not judge that person. It's a difficult concept. But it repented. In any case, God's heart was grieved because of the sin in the world. How very sad. It repented God that he had made man on the earth and it grieved his heart. Do we grieve God's heart by sinning? Do we grieve him daily? You know, we used to sing that little chorus to the kids, oh, what a, a problem I must be. Sinning, you know. I go astray most every day, oh, what a problem I must be. I'm glad I have the good shepherd looking after me. You know, we, do we grieve God's heart? And this whole situation needed judgment. God had to apply judgment because it had got out of hand and there was a state of apostasy. Mankind became associated with spiritual powers greater than themselves. If you look at chapter 6, and the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Jude says that these people, these fallen angels, the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting change unto darkness, unto the judgment of that day. Mankind became associated with those spiritual powers greater than themselves, powers which had kept not their first estate. And what happened? There were men of renown, giants. There were giants in the land. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And you know, remember what Christ said. <clears throat> he said, what happened before the flood was a foreshadow of what will happen in the end times, spiritual wickedness and apostasy. Man will get unnatural and even supernatural greatness. The beast and the antichrist will be men of renown in the eyes of men. That's how they'll get their power. They'll be accepted. They will be men with amazing powers. They will be heroes. The moral sources will be outside the norm. They will be wicked spirits who have left their first estate, an evil combination again as in Noah's day. That's what Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Fallen man and fallen evil spirits giving man power that he would not have naturally. And we see that in the, the beast and the antichrist. 
we are warned about these wicked spirits in the heavenlies, aren't we? Against whom we war, but then these will take on a new dimension of wickedness and total evil. We think it's bad now, but we can see it beginning to happen, can't we? The rise of evil. We've been speaking about this in the last few weeks. The rise of spiritualism. The rise of people using tarot cards. Superstitions. Apparitions. We talked about the apparitions of Mary all over the world. Explosion of the New Age religions. Which are in fact all religions which are just coming up again. As the true, we saw that as the true gospel of Jesus Christ recedes the preaching and the holding forth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that teaching recedes in any country then all these other things come to the surface again it has happened in this country before and it's happening again eastern mysticism, ecumenism necromancy, praying to the dead hero worship you know it's amazing the hero worship cults which we have today you know that girl who was on the that film of the Titanic when she's left her husband. You know, there were three photographs, three separate articles in the Daily Telegraph about her on one particular day. Amazing. You know, this kind of hero worship that we have. If soccer hooliganism, paedophilia, they've even made a satirical program on TV about a subject like that. Things that you would never have seen years ago are happening now. Cult followings. We need to look at the teenagers' clothes to see how people are so easily led. You see any like these flares these days? You know, incredible on the trousers. You know how anybody can, and the young fellas wearing trousers that are about ten sizes too long for them. You know, you could never, you could never imagine that anybody would do that. It's all to do with cult followings. People are prepared to follow other people, and it's all building people up that in the last days we'll be following the Antichrist immorality you know look at the film that Youth for Christ are producing fornication abortions things are terrible but we've become acclimatized to them because they, they, they slip in on us slowly look at what Genesis says, there were giants in the earth in those days, and after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. Men of renown. Men with reputations. Can it get worse? Yes, it can and it will. But you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's something here which gives us some hope. God said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. My spirit, verse 3, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. His spirit was striving with man, even in those days. 
And in these days, God's Spirit is striving still with men. But he says, my spirit will not always strive with man. But he is striving. Even in this wicked time, notice that God's spirit was striving. And that's a comfort. Are we concerned about our loved ones in this wicked world? God's spirit is striving still. Thank God. But it also presents a warning. It says he shall not always strive with man. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Nowadays, moral corruption, God's Spirit pleading. A fixed time limit, it says. The challenge to us this morning... The same spiritual influences which will increase in the dark night of apostasy. And we sang that, didn't we? The, or we read it about the, the night. It's going to be a dark night of apostasy. But the same spiritual influences which will increase in the dark night of apostasy which is coming are already acting, I believe, are already acting on man in this world today. Men who are prepared to clone people. Men who are prepared to produce TV programs about pedophiles and think it is a satire. Those kind of things are on the increase. We are told to try the spirits. Test the spirits. Make sure that the influence is affecting your life and my life. That's what I have to do that those spirits are not those which come from other sources, but which those which come from God and not from any other source. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually, continually, not just now and again, continually man is corrupt and evil the thoughts and imaginations of his heart are evil continually man in the flesh is evil totally people need to be told and warned and thankfully we have a hope we have a hope Hope is not something, if, we've said this before, it's not the hope that the Bible talks about hope. It says such hope we have as an anchor of the whole soul, both sure and steadfast. It's not most people on a Saturday say, I hope I win the lottery. That's a, that's a worldly hope. That's not the hope that we have. The hope that we have is in God sure and steadfast and it's an anchor which we can lay on to it's an anchor of the soul sure and steadfast and we have a hope and the hope we have let's look at Enoch Enoch was an amazing character just go back a chapter to Enoch and 
time is going to beat us. Let's look at chapter 5, verse 22. And Enoch walked with God, and he begat Methuselah 300 years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. It was great, you know, great expression, isn't it? Enoch, it says there in 22, Enoch walked with God. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the voice I hear falling on mine ear, none other has ever known. The Lord God walked in the Garden of Eden, we're told. But he had to call Adam. Adam, where art thou? Adam wasn't walking with God. But here we have Enoch. He walked with God. Do we walk with God every day? Do we walk with him? But that's all. It, we don't know much about Enoch. But it says here, he walked with God. And then it says in verse 24, and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. He went for a walk with God, and God says, no point in going back home. I'm going to take you up to live with me forever. Wonderful. And he wasn't. Family said, where is he? I don't know. He was walking with God, and he's gone. He was raptured. He was raptured before all the trouble started. <laughs> you know, he was raptured picture of the rapture of the church, Enoch. Now we can't base, remember, it's very important, you can't base doctrine on allegories. But it is a picture of the rapture of the church. And we have that wonderful passage of scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I'm going to close soon. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Of course, we have the passage also in, in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Philip said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we have this lovely passage. Verse, and I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not as others which have no hope, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them 
which are asleep shall not precede them. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. What a wonderful hope. We'll be caught up as Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Maybe someday people would be saying, where have they gone? They walked with God because God took them. It's a serious subject, as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Are we ready for when the Lord will come to take us to be with himself? Are you ready? May we each one just examine ourselves and make sure that we are walking with God. As Enoch walked with God, may we walk with him and talk with him. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. The voice I hear falling on mine ear. None other. He speaks to me individually like those sweets. We're individuals in God's eyes. We're not just a mass. We often talk about that parable of the, the miracle that Jesus did when he healed the blind man and he touched the blind man's eyes and he said I, I, he, he put something on his eyes and he said I see men like trees walking then he touched him again and he saw things clearly may we see things clearly this morning get a fresh look at our Lord Jesus and as we look uh, as that blind man he said I see trees Men look like trees. Do we look out on the world and do we see people like that just looking like trees, inanimate objects? We need to ask the Lord Jesus to touch us afresh this morning so that we can see men as he sees them. Man in need of a, a saviour. Man who needs to be told of the judgment that is coming unless they come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Okay? Amen. Sorry, went on a little bit this morning. <clears throat>